Good morning and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. My name is Brent. I'm one of the pastors here at MRCC. Uh, if you don't know me, the uh, really easy thing that will help you get to know me a little better is I'll tell you that the most special thing happened to me this morning. It's a day that I look forward to every year. Allison told me not to talk about it, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's our water-themed picnic today. And as you may notice, it's a little cooler. And this morning, uh, for the first time in a long time, uh, I was greeted by an old friend, my jacket, uh, that I haven't been able to put on in a long time. And I, and I put the jacket on, and I was like, today's going to be a good day. Today's going to be a good day, I can just tell. I like it when it's cold. If you don't know that, now you do. Um, I have a couple of announcements for us. Uh, this morning. First, obviously, we have our church picnic going on right after third service. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great time. Something special happens every time we set aside a, a specific event or some time to just spend together, eat some food, uh, relax, hang out together, have a good time. Relationships are built in those moments. God's glorified in those moments. So it's going to be a ton of fun. There's a dunk tank. I'm not ready to get dunked, if you don't notice, but I could be convinced. We'll see. Um, so that's one reason, but the picnic's going to be great. Uh, we have a bunch of our like groups and ministries starting back up again, as I sort of alluded to last week, if you were here. And so that process is really getting started. If you want to get connected and involved, plugged in somewhere, summer's kind of just this crazy time where everybody's got a bunch of stuff going on, vacations and all this. Um, but the fall is a great time to get sort of resettled, reconnected, reestablished. And there's also a lot of fruit that happens when we do that. So if you're looking for that, if God's placed that on your heart to get plugged in somewhere, we have a couple ways that you can get signed up for a lot of our groups that we have going on and kicking off again in September. Uh, the main way is you can scan the QR code on the chairs in front of you. Uh, that's just going to lead you to a place where you can fill out, get connected, plugged in pretty easily. We also have a sign-up sheet out in the foyer by a table. I'll be hovering around there in between services. So if you have any questions or just want to chat, I will be out there for that. And then you can also just go online to mrccnow.org and get plugged in that way. It's going to be an awesome fall. I'm really, really excited. One of the things that we have starting back up again is Royal Rangers. And if you don't know what that is, then you're in for a treat if you're going to be at the picnic because they have a whole, like, setup going on for Royal Rangers. So if you're interested in that, um, just a, a, a group for young guys to get involved and get connected, uh, they have a ton of information there. They have a ton of fun, like activities and stuff going on. I'm sure they would love it if you would stop by if you're interested at the picnic after third service today. We also have a men's conference coming up on October 1st. And I think the sort of the focus is dads that make a difference, right? Um, even if you're not a dad, there's still a lot of value in this. It's, it's not just for dads. It's a men's conference. And, you know, God has a calling for us, guys. And when we take a, a look at what that relationship looks like, what God's relationship with us as a father looks like, there's a lot that we can learn and grow there, both spiritually and just in our, our general um, selves. We, there's a lot of growth. So that's going to be on October 1st. Uh, going to be more details and information coming for that soon. And then we have our... Other general ministry groups are kicking off on September 7th. So this is going to be things like youth ministry culture. This is going to be our kids ministry stuff, Impact Forge. Those will all be kicking off on September 7th. I'm sure they have a whole host of just awesome stuff planned for that. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, make sure you guys put that on your calendars as well. And speaking of kids ministries, not just a huge heart uh, for our kids, but Pastor Allison has just a passion for our church, for God's people in general, and she's going to share the word this morning. So would you get ready to receive it? Well, thank you. <laughs> I have to be careful. Every time I breathe, okay, there, okay. We, we keep moving it, and it keeps moving by itself. So the hair, what I realized is...
Greg doesn't have any hair, and so his microphone sits like right here. My hair pushes it down, and over the course of our time, it just keeps going like this. So hold on one second. Is that better? Is that a little bit better? Okay. Thanks for being patient with me. But I am our kid's pastor, and um, I, I love it, but I also love uh, the opportunity to come and, and teach in our main gathering as well, um, because a lot of you are the parents of the kids I get to hang out with, and... Um, well, I just love teaching God's word. So I just thank you for letting me be here, whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> I'm teasing. Uh, it is going to be good. We are going to be looking in First and Second Timothy for the next two weeks. I get to be with you for two weeks. Uh, so, you know, uh, be kind. Come on back. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you got to laugh with me just a little bit because... Um, <laughs> I need it. You know, our kids don't have any trouble making fun of me back there. So feel free. This is your opportunity. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But I am going to teach with us uh, in First and Second Timothy. And it's interesting because I really feel like God's put this on my heart. And I'll tell you, the hardest part about it is it's not necessarily like a, a message that's like, oh, we're going to feel really good at the end of it. Because God's word sometimes has hard truth too. So I thought I'd play a couple games with us to get us started and, and go from there. But um, if, you, um, if you know in the gospel, First and Second Timothy was actually Paul writing to Timothy. Paul had been, and Timothy had been on a missionary journey together. Timothy had joined him during his second missionary journey. He, he stayed in Ephesus uh, to take care of the church there. And then Paul wrote him some letters to help Timothy uh, encourage the church. Uh, so we're going to look at some passages from God's word in First and Second Timothy about how Timothy was called to encourage the church, but especially in a time where uh, there were some misunderstandings. So Timothy's job was to help the church understand some of those places where maybe their doctrine had uh, some missing pieces. How many of you, maybe when you were younger, thought one thing, and as you got older and you grew up and you knew more, uh, you've learned some things about God's word, right? Yeah? Okay, well, we're all on a journey. That's kind of the idea that we are all on a journey, and, and I hope that gives us compassion for each other, <laughs> that we are learning, and there might be some, the, some times in our lives where we get it wrong. Is that possible? Absolutely, and 100%. So, uh, so we're going to be looking at those things, but I thought we'd, we'd kind of jump into it and have some fun this morning to get us started, because at first glance, I look at this, a couple pictures here. At first glance, that guy looks like he's got a big afro. He doesn't. That's a tree. Do you see it? Some of you took a second. Okay, go ahead to the next one. <laughs> first glance, it's a good thing there's a glass there, and the dog looks like he's in the in the bubble. But it's not okay. It's all pers- all a matter of perspective, right? Look at this one. Second look, do you guys see it? It's a cat. Yeah, <laughs> there's a cat sitting there on the chair. Okay, this one just kind of wigged me out. I couldn't get over it. It looks like that's his arm. <laughs> I mean, isn't that crazy? And the dog, I don't even know. Yeah, this one was just fun. I like the mop. The mop speaks to me and my long, my long locks of hair. But uh, yeah, then, then that's, isn't that gross? You're, I mean, can I just say you're welcome for this one? That's a carrot. That's a weird growing carrot. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, this one, look at that. Those are birds on wires or on, yeah, it looked like music notes, didn't it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> and this one got me. This one took me a little bit. Doesn't it look like a train station? No, those are needles, you guys. <laughs> that's that's the needles. I don't know, in a little package. I don't know. There's a yam. So like my otter friend. It's just so funny. I don't know. I was having fun, you guys. This is just me having fun now. Doesn't that kind of wig you out? That child's hand is in his mom's mouth. It looked like her tongue there for a second. 
<laughs> anyway, those are just fun, right? Those are fun pictures. The idea behind it is, um, you know, sometimes at first glance, we assume one thing, but the, the more we get further into the story, we realize there's more of the story. That can be, I'll let the Holy Spirit speak to you on that one. There's a couple things, like sometimes if you read God's word, the first time you think it says one thing, and as you read it deeper, you start to realize and learn and grow that it meant something far different than what you had thought. Um, but also, you know, if you think about how often do we make assumptions in a situation and later we realize that we made kind of a harsh judgment when maybe we should have been a little more patient or given a little more space or, you know, so that was kind of the idea behind it. So I also brought with us this morning, this game that I really love to play with our kids. Now, typically when I play this game, I've brought it here before one other time before. Typically when I play this game with our kids, if they get the answer wrong, they get a pie in the face. So I want you to keep track, and at the church picnic, I'll give you some pies in the face if you get them wrong, okay? Good? Come to the church picnic. Oh, and by the way, Brent, dunk tank is going to happen. I mean, you can't say, I was glad to wear my jacket this morning. (laughs) He's like, no, Uh, I'll make him go down the slip and slide. Maybe that would be better. Uh, I just know in Western Washington, the clouds will burn away. That's what I always, like when we were growing up, it would be cold in the morning, It'd be cloudy, and then the sun would shine, so I'm just trusting the sun is coming, yeah? Okay, come back with, you can wear swimsuits and everything. Um, all right, I got some, I got, this is called Urban Legends, so basically it's true or false, uh, but the whole idea here is your mom or your dad or grandpa or grandma or somebody has always told you these things, and they may or may not be true. Ready? First one, eating carrots will improve your eyesight. True or false? Mm-hmm. Oh, I heard a little, this actually falls. Yeah, my grandma, that's how she got us to eat our carrots. Now it is true that there's vitamin A, which is important for maintaining good eyes, but it's not gonna improve your eyesight. Sorry guys, if there are kids in here, parents, I'm really sorry, I just ruined it. All right, if you happen to get a black eye, you should immediately put a piece of raw steak over it. True, false? (laughs) Somebody told you wrong. Uh, Actually, it's good to put ice on it, but raw steak, you're going to get an infection. I mean, it's raw meat. You're not supposed to touch raw meat. Okay. You should always wait at least an hour after eating before you go swimming. You guys, you guys learned that one. Along the way, you're like, mom and dad were wrong. It's true. You don't have to wait an hour. So go ahead, eat lunch, get in the dunk tank. It's perfect. It's fine. All right. Uh, which, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You should come back because it is going to be um, street tacos. I'm really excited. It's not the normal. Like we're going, we're going rogue here. We're doing different food for the picnic. It's going to be awesome. All right. Uh, one way to stop a bad cough at night is to put an onion cut in half on the nightstand next to your bed. True or false? Hmm? It's actually true, you guys. This is something I had. I'm going to try this next time. I will let you know if it's true. But um, and according to urban legends, this is truth. You should put a cut onion next to your bed. It will solve all your coughing issues. All right. <clears throat> you should be careful never to swallow your chewing gum because it can block your intestines and cause severe abdominal pain. Oh, those are all the nurses in the room. You're right. It's not true. But my mom always told me not to swallow my chewing gum. She's like, it's going to last there forever. It's never going to digest. Not true, you guys. Okay. This one's just for fun. A camel's hump stores water for those long treks across the desert. Yeah? You're laughing? It's actually not true. 
It's not true. Yeah. It, it stores nutrients. And over the course of the long journey, uh, the, the humps do get smaller. And so they, it was like an urban legend that they were just carrying all that food. And I mean, all the water, it's not water, it's nutrition, nutrients. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Okay. Here's another one. This one's just for fun too. Uh, drinking a gallon of milk in an hour can cause you to toss your cookies, basically throw up. Is that true or false? You guys, you guys are smart. Yeah, that's true. So note to self. I mean, I don't know if you've ever wanted to drink a gallon of milk, but it is not a truth or dare thing. Don't truth or dare this one, because if you drink a gallon of water in an hour, you're going to throw up basically. Okay. I like this one. This is another favorite of mine. Mountain Dew is so acidic, it will turn a mouse to jelly. That one's true. You guys. <laughs> we, the only reason I put that one in there is because um, in the office, uh, we did have a little mouse friend that decided to try and join us. And um, I just said, just put some Mountain Dew down there. Turn to jelly. It'll be awesome. Is it like a gummy worm? all right all right all right all right i'm gonna do two more here because they're just we're just having fun with this the new york yankees began wearing pinstripe uniforms in the 1920s in an effort to make their hitter babe ruth appear thinner no guys don't think about that kind of stuff come on reason why they chose the pinstripes you can read it on youtube or something but uh, the last one this is another favorite people drink coffee made from coffee beans that have been digested by elephants you guys knew that you were drinking coffee digested by elephants and you still drink coffee it is not all coffee you're right it's not all coffee don't drink the black ivory coffee because that's the kind of, so you just ask your barista is this black ivory coffee i don't want that kind that's not the kind i want I, when i read that one i literally thought i'm never drinking coffee again and then i realized okay i guess i can drink coffee as long as i ask first what kind of coffee i'm drinking uh but anyway, I just, I hope you had fun with those. Those were supposed to be meant to be just kind of fun uh, because the whole, the whole idea of our sermon today as we look into First and Second Timothy uh, is that sometimes uh, we don't always get all the right information. Sometimes your parents don't tell the truth. I don't want to say lie. That, that feels harsh. But kids, sometimes your parents lie. Okay. All right. Anyway, but uh, today as we dig into God's word, though, our challenge really is uh, how can we guard our hearts against even unbiblical worldviews around us, but also keep the door open to people who don't know Jesus yet? And so I'm actually here for the next two weeks, and I, I've kind of split it off into a couple of different parts, and we'll get even deeper next week on it. Um, but it is so important for us as a church to really talk about uh, how we guard our hearts in God's word. Because I, I think over the last year or so, I've felt more and more burdened for our youth, especially um, because there's so much pressure. I feel like there's a lot of pressure when I was younger, but there's so much more now because of social media and just how quick and uh, information is so easily accessed. And so it's really been kind of burning on my heart. How do we shine the light of Jesus? How do we help others see him for who Jesus is without um, shutting the door on our witness, on our life, but also guard against some of those things that are not lining up with God's word. 
Um, so this is, this is why we're looking at First and Second Timothy. That's exactly what Timothy was doing with the church back in Ephesus, where he was left to kind of teach. And actually, you might know, I'm going to start with the most popular verse in, in Timothy. is First Timothy 4.12. Many of you have seen it. This is Paul trying to encourage Timothy, and he says this, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So he's basically saying here, Hey, you're going to be encouraging people, but you need to set an example with your life. And it's not always your words, right? It says love, it says conduct, it says faith, it says purity. All those pieces are, are parts of how we encourage one another. And at first glance, right, first glance, uh, it says set an example for the believers. So my first time I read this through, I'm like, oh, this is Paul talking to Timothy about encouraging other believers. It doesn't have anything to do with people who don't know Jesus. Oh, ah, not true, right? Think about it for a second. Yes, we want to encourage each other as believers so that we can carry on the mission of the gospel, which is to be able to share the gospel with others, which is to be able to help other people see Jesus through our lives long before they ever hear our words, right? That our lives would reflect Jesus and that as a church, we can be encouraged in how we walk with him in our lives while we're in a process of sharing the gospel, keeping the doors open to communication. I think one of the hardest things in our world is being able to love people in Christ without them feeling like they don't belong here. Does that make sense? I really hope it does. We'll be talking more about it, so hopefully it will start coming a little bit more as we go. But if you look actually earlier on in that same chapter in 1 Timothy 4, the first two verses actually kind of kickstart the whole idea that we're talking about. It says the spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. Is that harsh words or what? When I first read that, I was like, are you sure on church picnic Sunday? Should I read that first? Yes, it's God's word. Yes, and it's important that we realize that these are the words that precede what Paul said to Timothy as far as setting an example in his life. He was saying there's going to be false teachings. The whole chapter is actually talking about guard yourself against false teachings, but also in this, how many of you in this room have maybe known someone who has abandoned their faith? And the Bible is teaching us that they're following deception, right? And so how are we going to help them see Jesus? Because if they've, if they've abandoned their faith, that means they've walked away, which means it's going to be a harder road to try and help encourage them in what God's word says about them and teaches them and helps them see Jesus more clearly. Amen? I think, especially right now, uh, there are a lot of deceptive cultural views in our world, a lot of false teachings in the world. Kids and youth, there's a lot of pressure around them. And then uh, if if you looked even further, this is what we're going to be kind of resting on a little bit today. First Timothy 4.16 actually says this. It says, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So what we're being challenged to today is that our lives would reflect Jesus because we're to set an example but that we would watch our lives and our, our doctrine. So that's a call for us to know God's word. 
And that's so hard. There's a lot of God's word, isn't there? This is a big book. Do you need to, I, I think when I was younger, I had a really hard time sharing the gospel because I thought I had to know all of it before I could share the gospel. God's bigger than that. He can use you right where you are. But I hope it gives us compassion and understanding that uh, all of us are in different places in our journey with Christ, right? If you consider your upbringing, your lifestyle from, from when you were young, some of the things that you've been through, some of the experiences that you've walked through, how Jesus met you in the first place. I mean, I think what's really cool And amazing is that every person in this room has a different story. Every person in this room has been through different things. And God wants to use those things to help other people see him. And it's so I think that's actually really cool. But also understand that because we've all been through different things in our life, because our stories are all so different, because we've experienced Jesus in different ways, there's two things. There's a chance that we might not fully understand some things in here, right? I'm telling you, I don't know everything in here. And I pray uh, that God would teach me every time I open his word and read it. Because we're all still learning, aren't we? Every one of us in here is still learning. We're still, some of us are very new in our faith. We just started believing. If you think back to when you first began to learn about Jesus, how much you knew then to how much you know now. And if you still are in that space where you're just learning, keep going. This is saying persevere in it as you learn more about Jesus. But as you do and help us know and that we as a church would realize that we shouldn't be too quick to judge each other, right? Because you don't know where someone is at in their journey with Christ or how Jesus is teaching them along their journey with Christ, right? But it also gives me a, a, a greater understanding as well just about how there can be negative stigmas in the church. Do you know what I mean when I say that? That there can be some negative stigmas in our church, mainly because uh, we're not all perfect. If you're somebody in this room who has had some church hurt in your past or felt like you had been rejected by someone who believes in Jesus, just know this, that we don't always get it right. We're in a process too. We're in a learning process too. And that's why it's so important that we check everything with God's word. That's what we're learning. That's what Paul was helping Timothy understand uh, or what he was to teach the church is when he says, watch your life and your doctrine closely, that means everything in our lives should be checked according to God's word. Yes, everything, every popular opinion that you hear, what's God's word say about it? I, I pray that, after, not even just after today, but in our lives, I just pray that in everything that we do and and everything that we experience and all the pressures around us, that we would first realize and start thinking, okay, what does God's word say? I know this is what I'm hearing from the world around me, but what does God's word say? That, That ultimately through everything we experience and everything that we do, we would pause long enough to go back to God's word and say, what does God's word say? And, and, and I know, like I just said, I don't know this whole book. I'm learning it. I want to know. I wish I could just, I wish I could give you every scripture in this book. I wish I could, but I have to study it. I spend time studying God's word every single day. And the truth is, oh, what I can, I can say is uh, what online is like our worst best friend, right? I'll, I'll encourage you go online and, 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 search up some things, but be careful. 
That's what I mean by worst best friend. Be careful that you don't end up on a website that's not really from God. But at the same time, use the internet to help you find passages in God's word that specifically speak to what you're, what you're going through and then actually come here and read it, not just online. That's what I mean by our worst best friend, right? Use the internet to find things, but then come back to God's word. What does God's word say about whatever situation that you might be in? Amen? Um, I'm going to read just a little bit more. I kind of jumped around a little bit. Um, I want to tell you, what, uh, I know that there was a time for me when I was growing up that I was too afraid to share the gospel, mainly because I thought I needed to know everything here before I could share it. But, but also I was afraid that I'd be judged. I'd, I was afraid that I'd be rejected. I was afraid that I wouldn't get it right. I don't know, you name it, there's a million excuses. But the truth is, the mission of the gospel is that we would share with others. So I wasn't living to the potential that maybe God had for me because I was too afraid. And as a matter of fact, I grew up in an amazing church. I really did. But what I took from what I, uh, the things I absorbed in in that season of my life as a kid I didn't feel like what I was learning was lining up with God's word. And I'm not saying my church, my church was great. It's what I took from it. That means that even in this room, when we hear God's word, you could take the wrong thing. Go back to God's word. What does God's word actually say? Because as a kid, I thought Christianity was judgmental, hypocritical. I thought Christianity was mean. I thought, uh, I I just thought Christianity, I, I just decided when I was young, if this is who Jesus is, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I walked away. For my first couple of years in college, I did not follow Jesus. Because of I had absorbed when I was young that wasn't really lining up with God's work. It took a huge, long process for me. Other people in my life, some pastors in my life, some awesome mentors in my life that showed me the true the truth about Jesus, his love for us and his grace. I mean, think about this for just a really, really quickly. If you pause long enough and really think about our creator, our God, our savior, our father, think about this for a second. He left the glory of heaven. Yes. He left the glory of heaven to be born as a baby. He left what was probably pretty awesome and amazing because of his love for us. Not just to be a baby, but to grow up in a really hard environment, to be rejected, to be dismissed, to be beaten, to be chased after, right? Think about what his life actually was for us. He didn't have to do that, but he chose it because of his great love for us. Amen? I hope this gives us compassion for other people, compassion for the process, the, pa- the compassion for where Jesus is in the lives of each individual person. Think about this for a second. I think it kind of reminds me of a toddler. You'd never expect a toddler to be a best-selling author, right? Right? You'd never expect a toddler to run a marathon, right? This is where you, you respond. <laughs> You'd also never expect a toddler to be like a culinary genius. I mean, they like to play in the kitchen, like the pretend kitchen, but you'd never expect them to actually be a culinary genius, right? Because they're little, they're growing. 
And, and the truth is, maybe someday they'll have a skill set for one of those things. Maybe someday along the way, they'll learn those things. But not when they're two. Some of us in this room are two or three or four in our faith. And we're all in process. So I just pray that wherever you are in your journey with Jesus, you would be one encouraged that we're all in this together. That we're all learning and growing together. But also encourage that you have people around you that can probably speak truth in life and help you understand some things. The truth is, when I first came to know Jesus, I know there were some preconceived ideas. I know that there were some assumptions that I made. I know there were some things that I didn't line up in my mind with what God's word said. I know that there were cultural pressures back when I was young that really made me question and wonder what God's word really had to say about it. So that's why I say, check everything we hear. What does God's word say? When your peers talk about stuff. Okay, but what does God's word say? Even your teachers, mentors, coaches, conversation with them. But what does God's word say? Oh, and, and, and right here. Your own mind. Your own mind betray you sometimes. That's the truth, isn't it? Even your own mind, we're going to talk about that in just a minute, but there's so much in our culture that says to follow your heart or whatever, you know, follow your feelings or your dreams. And, and while some of that seems okay, the truth is God's word says, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. That phrase is actually found multiple places in scripture because our mind can be invaded with so much so much. What does God's word actually say? You know, I, I actually have a story <clears throat> that's so hard for me to even understand. But when I was young, uh, I had a friend and her dad stabbed her mother with a knife. And he said, well, God told me if I stabbed my wife, God would heal her. So I just follow what God told me to do. You guys, he should have checked God's word first, right? Because even in our minds, it might seem like something that God is saying to us. Check it with God's word. What does God's word actually say? Because maybe he would say, oh, that's probably not a good idea, right? Do, 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 are you tracking with me? Give me a little nod and a smile. So I'm like, <laughs> that helps me a lot. No. Uh, but it's true. Even in, if you read in Acts chapter 17, um, the Thessalonians, it's about the Thessalonians, they were commended for testing everything that Paul taught according to God's word. Paul in the Bible, like Apostle Paul, like he knows everything in here, way more than me. He's a greater evangelist than I will ever be. Missionary, you name it. The guy knew God's word so well. And yet the Thessalonians are commended for checking everything he said with God's word. So that means even your pastor, we should be checking everything we hear according to God's word. What does God's word say? Because the truth is, Popular opinion might not line up with what God's word says. And at the end of the day, you guys, this is truth. This is your creator, your God. We have a, a we're gonna, I'm going to jump straight into that 
all scripture is God breathed. Second Timothy three says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is God breathed, given to us to help us, right? God's word is not filled with a bunch of rules that we should follow. God's word is filled with blessing over you. God's word is is filled with, with a path that will lead to greater freedom over any struggle we've ever we've ever dealt with. If we believe popular opinion over God's word, the Bible says we'll be robbed of the truth. Let me go back and read that. That's first Timothy six. If anyone teaches otherwise, and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching. Listen to this, it says, they are conceited. Oh, that's a hard word, isn't it? They are conceited and understand nothing. They have an unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels about words that that result in envy, strife, malicious talk, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth. Friends, it's so important. This is why uh, I feel so burdened to share this with us because we can't turn a blind eye to what God's word says. Sound instruction is right here. And is it possible that sometimes even we can become, oh, that word is, that, that word is hard, but is it possible that sometimes we can become too conceited to actually Search God's word for what it really says, what the truth really is in God's word, to really learn what God's word means. Because I'll tell you something, it really is easier to turn a blind eye when something doesn't feel right, isn't it? I really do feel like a lot of our generation that doesn't believe in Jesus is because it's just simply easier to turn a blind eye to it and not actually search and read what the Bible says. When God's word says something that you don't really want to agree with, isn't it easier to just turn a blind eye? The Bible says that's conceit, and conceit will lead to quarrels. Are you seeing people fighting about stuff? It will lead to constant friction, hateful words, corruption around us. That's what God's word is saying, and Jesus is showing us that if we, if we fall into those things, we will be robbed of the truth. Friends, when our culture says do whatever feels right, the Bible is saying we're being robbed of the truth. Because what if what feels right is hurting somebody else? Who should define those boundaries of doing what feels right? When our culture says follow your heart, what if your heart leads you towards deception or lies or cheating or, or stealing? You, you get the idea. Who defines the boundaries of how far you'll follow your heart? Our culture would say that we should be the ones to define the boundaries for ourselves. Our culture says that you should be the ultimate ruler of your heart. And I would say, but at what expense? Because I promise you, your feelings, your feelings will confuse you. Have you ever been confused by your feelings? Yes. And the Bible says, yes, confusion is exactly what our enemy wants. 
that we'd be confused. And the Bible says you're being robbed of the truth that can really only be found right here in God's word, that we would follow what the word says, the instruction and training of God. Yeah? This comes from your creator, your savior, your father, the one who loves you more than anyone else ever. I know I'll be selfish. At the end of the day, if I get to choose, I'll end up choosing selfishly. I might not want to, but the truth is, I might, just like you might, right? We don't always make the right choice. Have you ever made a bad choice? Come on. Every one of us, we don't always choose right. But what I do know, what I am confident of is that God will never fail. What I'm confident of is that God's love will never fade. What I am confident of is that God will never abandon you. Your feelings might. The people around you might. In any given situation, there will be hurt. But God, his purposes for you are solid and strong and real. His love for you is beyond anything you could ever imagine. And that's what we need to lean into. Look at 1 Timothy 6, 11. It says, but you, it says man of God, because, you know, Paul was talking to Timothy. But it's meant for us, woman of God, child of God, every one of you. It says this, flee from all this jealousy. I'm talking about this. It says, flee from all this. Let me give us some background. Jealousy, evil, negativity, lies, deceit, fighting, quarreling, all that kind of stuff. It says, flee from all of these things. Yes? And pursue Righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. If I pause long enough right here just to think, I know it's not easy to flee from jealousy, evil, negativity, lies, disease. It's not easy to flee, get rid of. There's lots of verses that say, get rid of it. And it's so easy for a pastor to stand up here and say, get rid of your sin. It's easier to say, isn't it? It's not harder to do. How many of you have ever been in a situation where you know the right thing to do, but you're not sure how you're gonna do the right thing? I don't wanna diminish that in any way. But what God's word says in this verse is that we would pursue righteousness. So it made me think about this word pursue. Think about pursue. Like an athlete, think about an athlete that might pursue a gold medal. What do they do? They train, they focus, they make a lot of sacrifices. It's a huge commitment. There's a lot of effort that goes into it, right? If you consider how much an athlete works so hard to pursue a gold medal, what would it look like if we pursued God like that? If we pursued righteousness like that? If we pursued godliness and love and faith and endurance and gentle? If we pursued those things like an athlete pursuing a gold medal, or I have a little story for you. My mom, when I was a kid, you guys will totally get into this one too because everyone in here has heard your parents yell at you to shut the door, right? Keep the door shut. No? I'm the only one. I'm teasing. How many of you heard a phrase, do you live in a barn? Okay, all right, we're tracking together here. Yes, okay, that is very common. Every, every person in this room has probably heard someone kind of laugh at them and say, do you live in a barn because you got to keep the door closed? Okay, well, I think about it. Why do we keep the door closed? Well, at this time, when it's not 75 degrees, when it's more like 90, <laughs> we don't want to open the door because it'll let the heat in, right? And in our house, we don't have air conditioning, so we work really hard. Like, we'll open the windows at night and try and trap all the cold air in the house. As soon as it's like the sun rises, we shut everything down, and it's like, you know, a bat cave in there so we can keep the cool air in. And the door opens, we're like, shut the door! 
a hot air in, the cold air out. You know, it's kind of a big deal at our house. But then the other thing is, if you leave the doors open, you know, without the screens, what happened? Haha, <laughs> see, I knew it. I, the flies are nasty this year, aren't they? So nasty. Like, I don't even want to tell you about the fly trap that we have that's like, okay. It's disgusting. They're so gross. Anyway, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jesus the purpose of flies. Um, but anyway, my point is, you don't want to let the flies in. I wonder if we could be that vigilant about guarding our hearts. Like, don't let the flies in. Don't let false teachings in. Don't let popular opinion distort God's truth in your heart. And be careful with it. Guard your heart. That verse, guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Yeah? I'm going to read this verse from 1 Peter because this is, the, and then we'll kind of shift gears just a little bit. But 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 says, so get rid of all evil behavior. You guys, like I said, it's so easy to stand up here and say, get rid of it. Done. Over. Is it that easy? No. But don't worry. I, I, I'm going to read this. But also, no, I don't want to diminish it because I know that it's not easy to just be done with deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. But the truth is, does that really have any place in your heart? No, it doesn't. Here's what God's word says then. Like newborn babies, you must crave. Say crave. Oh, thank you. I got I to gotta get a little bit more from you this morning because I'm, okay. Anyway, crave. You must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. You guys, a full experience. You know what that teaches me? A full experience of salvation teaches me that when I first believed in Jesus, salvation wasn't just the beginning of the story, but it's the whole story. That I'm still growing and experiencing the full experience of salvation is a lifelong journey. So it says, cry out for this nourishment so that you may have, a t uh, now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. You know what the Lord's kindness is, right? The Lord's kindness is his death on the cross for you. You guys, I've got a long way to go. If the Lord's kindness, this is him dying on the cross for my sin. If that's kindness, whew, I got some work to do. I don't know. <laughs> but his death on the cross for you is what it refers to in this, the Lord's kindness. His suffering so that you can have eternal life. His sacrifice for you. Like I said before, his leaving the glory of heaven to live a difficult life, to be ridiculed and hated and whipped and beaten and rejected and dismissed. You hear those words. Those are all words none of us like to feel. But Jesus chose that for us. That's the Lord's kindness. Now that you've had a taste of that kindness, it says, crave pure spiritual milk. Crave God's word crave things that we can learn about in God's word. That's what he's saying, that we would be able to grow through God's word and experience the fullness of his salvation for us. Last Sunday, we said goodbye to a couple amazing families in our church and we're having lunch together and we we're praying together with them. And I don't know, I, many of you know Mitzi uh, and Ron just moved away. They flew out yesterday, actually. And uh, as we were praying for them, Mitzi shared a little part of her story. One thing that I thought was really cool is she said, bloom where you're planted. Like that's always been their story, that wherever they are, they're just going to let Jesus use them. They're going to bloom right there. They're going to serve Jesus right there. Uh, they're not going to look for what's next, but they're going to bloom where they are. I thought that was pretty cool. But then the next thing that she said 
the simplest thing. She just said, be kind. It's like, oh, be kind. Okay. And when I think of Mitzi, that's what I think of. Someone who's humble and kind and sweet-spirited. She said, be kind. The gospel really is simple. That as we mature, there's far greater blessing and joy in our lives when we get rid of those things. Because what? Deceit will never end well. Hypocrisy, jealousy, they actually lead to greater pain in our lives. Unkind speech, can I tell you this for sure? I can tell you for sure, will never deepen or grow a relationship in your life. So when she said, be kind, I was like, huh. Okay. Now, like I said, I don't want to diminish pain. You guys, every one of us has a story. Every one of us has been on a journey. I don't want to diminish the pain that you're in at all. I know it's easier to say that we need to get rid of some stuff. It's a lot easier to do it. That's why I'm emphasizing this, be kind. Because change actually starts with choosing to be a little bit more kind. Choosing to be a little more understanding, a little bit more forgiving. That if we focus on choosing to do something that Jesus calls us to a little bit more at a time, those other things will start to fade away, won't they? Those things that we really struggle with, those things that are really difficult in our lives. Guys, you can be struggling with just about anything, even if it's just sins or lies, if it's alcohol or depression or anxiety or you name it, everybody in this room, we struggle with stuff. If that's our focus, it's going to get harder. But if instead, instead we focus on pursuing righteousness, choosing what's right in God's eyes, if instead we, we focus on pursuing godliness, knowing God's word enough to choose ways to be more like him, yeah? If we choose to pursue our faith by actually studying some of the fundamental truths in our faith, in God's word, that if we pursue love and endurance and gentleness, if we pursue those things, if that becomes our focus, then those things that we struggle with will start to fade. It won't be so hard to stop doing, to get rid of the more we pursue him, the more we crave God's word, the more we hunger deeply for God's word, the more we pursue with the kind of laser focus that an athlete would pursue a gold medal, the more we do those things, those other things that God says we should get rid of will start to diminish. Amen? Don't focus on trying to get rid of stuff that God says to get rid of. Focus on him. Focus on his word. Focus on pursuing those things that he says will bring greater blessing and freedom in your life. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me and we'll pray together. Father, we are so thankful that your word is here, that we have your word to go to. God, we're thankful that you gave us this word. Lord, that we can go to it and search your word for what your word really says. God, I pray this week that when we question anything, God, we would come back to your word and say, what does your word say? God, that we would put our focus on your word and that God, you would help us in those things that are hard, that you would help us grow into the full experience of salvation. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for the opportunity to be together. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I have a benediction for you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow to each other and for everyone else. Amen.
Amen. Hey, guys, come back for the picnic. Watch Brent get dunked. It's going to happen. Thank you.